thank you for being so, so good. Father, I just pray that you would take everything that we are, God, that we would just turn it to you. Everything that you've put in our hands, may we hold it with an open hand. God, we thank you and bless you. God, I just pray that this message would come to us as we look into this new year, that this may come in a timely manner. Jesus, I just ask that you would just cleanse my heart, cleanse my lips, cleanse my mind, that I can only speak purely from you. I would just thank you and praise you and give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a question for you guys, and there's no shame in this. We're going to do a little hand raising and little hands ups and downs and things like that. Um, who all is like an avid, like, uh, you make your New Year's resolutions like the point where you write them down at least? Is there anybody here that does that? All right. We got, you can raise your hand. No, no shame, Lisa. You can raise it. Hi. Anybody else? Not too many other avid. Who at least doesn't write them down, but kind of thinks about, okay, these are some things that I would like to accomplish in the coming year. Let's see hands. Okay. All right. So we got some thinkers. And who is just like, what? It's New Year? Oh, thanks for reminding me. Uh, you got a few people like that? Yeah. Uh, don't think about what, what the New Year may bring or no resolution. Um, I, I find myself not in the camp of like writing things down, but I do find myself reflecting on the last year. You know, just what, what happened last year? What changes do I want to anticipate in the coming year? What, what would I like to see differently? And, and I feel like maybe some of this message comes from that. It's not necessarily a it's not a New Year's resolution message. I've, I've felt like God in the last couple of weeks has, has brought a lot of revival to my own heart and just in his own journey that he's taken me on. And I feel like this just comes out of my own personal walk with God, my own personal journey. And, and so we're not going to Hebrews I've, I've felt a little wrestling, and I don't know where I'm at in all of this. I've really enjoyed preaching through Hebrews chapter by chapter, but it's been interesting as I've done that, most of my conversations then have been more uh, intellectual, like, like where... where we're talking about, oh, do we believe this way? Do we believe that? Do we believe this doctrine? Do we believe, how do, how do we, you know, take this and this? Like my conversations to where 
prior in some of the, the series that I've done in the past, it's been more that appeal to, to action, to appeal to the heart. Like, if we're going this way, we need to be going this way. Or, or, or just, just it's, been, it's been different. And I'm not sure that, at least for me, that I'm here to appeal to your intellectual side. To try to give you knowledge of the scripture so that it can puff you up. But I feel like maybe at least in the position that I'm here, God has placed me here, is to appeal to your heart to move you into action, to move you into vision, to move you in a direction. So I'm, I'm processing all of this, and you can process this along with me. Because I think part of my personality is a little bit like, I just don't like doing things because... <laughs> This is just the way we've always done them. Like, oh, well, we've always had Sunday school. Let's just keep doing Sunday school. Or we always have a worship time. Like, is there a purpose? Is there a reason? Is it moving us in a direction? And I believe that those things are. Like, I believe that's why we keep doing those things. But, but even in my time in Asia, as I was director of charge teams, short-term missions, like coordinating those trips, I got to a point where I got so desperate, I was like, God, if this is foolish, I'm willing to just shut it down. I'm just willing to get rid of it. Like, I'm willing to stop this program if it doesn't serve a purpose that moves us forward. And I feel like I can get stuck same way in preaching. Like, oh yes, we just come here, it's the expected thing to do after we have a time of worship that we just have this word, and it's just like, man, if it's just something we do, I don't want to have any part of it. But if it's something we do to move us forward, to cast vision, to get us going to a place on this journey, in this walk, then I want to be part of that. So I feel like if more than anything, this message just comes from a place of God working in my life, the things that he's speaking to me. And I hope that somewhere in this, you can find just a little bit of an encouragement for you today as you look in to the year 2024. We'll see if we can get this up. But as we're working on this, um, let's go and just stand. We're going to go into our prayer time. We're just going to go ahead and pray again for the Lament people group that um, they may have a word that the scripture may be translated into their language. Continue to pray for Israel. Still so much unrest. And then pray for revival in our own nation. Let's just pray out loud for these three things. God, we just lift up the lament.
sing while we try to figure out what's going on here. Um, yeah, if somebody has a song, just sing it. I'm going to try to figure out why we're not connected here. Was that 11? One, Amen. We appreciated the songs and just seeing how like each one of the songs from uh, what Phil led this morning and what uh, Derek and even what was saying now just seems to, to tie in to what God wants to show us here this morning. All right, so one of uh, Psalm 115 has just been ingrained into me this last little while. And as, as I've, I've kind of closed down 2023, uh, I've just been just aware of the need for um, revival in my own life, my own heart. Like just feeling I'm just kind of trudging along, just, um, just kind of making it through one day to the next day not having much of a plan, not having much of a purpose, and just feeling a need for revival. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the areas that I've just felt like I need that revival. But Psalms 115 has just been such an anchor for me the last couple of days and weeks. And just starting to look at this whole thing of going right into not to us. Not to us. Not to us. I don't know how much time you spend in your personal time meditating, or if you're more the type that likes to just read through a batch of Scripture. Uh, I know different people do it different ways. But what does meditating look like to you? Like, have you ever reached points in your quiet time where you can just get stuck your whole half hour just pondering three words? Not 
to us. Not to us. Repeating those over and over, meditating. What do you want to tell me, God? Not to us. Not to us. And I was just so stuck at this for so long. And I continued reading, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. So we need revival. Could I get two AAA batteries? I think this thing's about to die. We need revival. Revival. Do we sense, do we feel a need of God in our lives? Do we just know that we just need Him? Do we know that we need Him? Or is He something that we can kind of just add in to everything else? I need that revival of knowing that I need God. I need His presence. I need Him to be all in and through me. And I need His Word. I need to have a love for His Word. I need to have to have this every day. I should not be able to function without this. I need that revival. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us. I need his eyes. I need to see like Jesus. I need his hands. I need his feet. But to your name give glory. I need repentance. I need forgiveness. I need love. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. How often do we get caught up in thinking, to us, to us, to me. Often I live this way unto myself. Of course, I know the best way to act. I know how to put on a front when I come in to church or when I'm with my friends. I know the way the Bible tells me. I know all the answers. It's appealing to that intellect. I know the way to act. I know what to say. I know the right things to say that will make you or you or you or you happy. I know all of those things. I know how to appear okay. When everything is not okay, I can still appear okay. These are all things that happen when I'm operating under this to me, to us, unto myself. Not to us, O oh Lord not to us. 
Oh, there's this thing we call day. Not Ryan Day, just day, right? This thing that we don't know what to do with, that we just call day. Thank you. We don't know Oftentimes it's like, oh, another day passes, another day gone. Let's live today. Are we so focused on where we want to be in five years from now that we lose focus on where he wants us today? I think it's important that we put in five-year plans, or we put in 10-year plans, that we kind of have, you know, maybe a mission statement, or we have a, a vision, you know, of where we want to be. But if I look at my plan that I had five years ago, and I look at where I'm at now, that plan looked nothing like. It, it's totally opposite. I think I would probably be living somewhere set up in a medical camp in Canada or Asia, um, taking the gospel into the deepest parts of the remote country, using medical as a platform, if I would have said, I have to stick with my five-year plan five years ago. So I think all of those are okay. We can set those, but the Lord ends up determining our steps. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the physical things of our future planning that we just forget about today. What does today mean? What does it hold? Do we just try to get through it? What kind of things do you hope happens by the time a day is over? So by the time your alarm goes off in the morning and by the time your head hits the pillow... What kind of things? Have you hoped that you've been a good worker? You know, I think there's two camps here. There's a camp where you struggle with being lazy and efficient and, and not doing the work that God has set before you. And then the other side of that is just being completely workaholic, that that's all you do all day long, and you don't fit anything else into that day there's definitely two camps but have you stewarded well the gift that God has given to you to work because he has placed us here to get work done that doesn't matter if you're working a job that requires 16 hour day or if you're working at home as a mom, 24-7. Are you stewarding that well? Have I shared the gospel with someone who needs it? As your head hits the pillow, does that ever cross your mind? Did I come into contact with somebody today that I should have been a blessing to, that I should have shared the gospel, been an encouragement, exhorted somebody, whatever it may be, has that crossed your mind? 
Have I spent quality time leading and loving my family? I was wrestling with this just yesterday. I knew that it was my turn to come up and preach, and I could have just studied all day long. But yet, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to take my family, my kids, we're going to go take a hike in the snow through the Dawes Arboretum, and we had such a good time, because I don't ever want my responsibilities, even to be a pastor, to come at the expense of losing my kids. Are we doing this well? Are we spending quality time leading and loving our families in the midst of all of our responsibilities? When your head hit the pillow, do you ask yourself, have I spent time in prayer? Has it been alone? Has it been with my wife? Sorry, Colin. Has it been with children? Has it been with people in my church? Have you spent time in prayer? Have I been a good neighbor? Have I given to the needy? Have I meditated on the word? I think these are all things that, yes, you could make the argument that, well, we're just going to be, you know, legalistic and say that, you know, we have to do these things to be a good Christian. No, these are not, this is not what this is about. This is about realizing that what's going to take you to where you want to be in five years from now is realizing that you have to live today like what you want to be in five years from now. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9.23 You have to deny yourself. This is something you have to do daily. You have to take up your cross and follow me. What does it look like to follow Jesus? Am I following Jesus? My sheep hear my voice and know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27. Context of this verse is Jesus is at the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and he's asked, how long will you keep us in, he's asked the question, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. And later on he says, and you don't believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. How can you follow something that you don't know the voice of? And furthermore, following indicates that you actually have to be moving Maybe not all the time. And, and this analogy, yeah, of course, analogies kind of break down here and there. But let's say you're sitting at a red light, stoplight, and a black SUV just rolls up behind you while you're sitting there. 
are you instantly thinking, oh, that black SUV is following me? No, he's just rolled up behind you. But you, once the light turns green, you take a left-hand turn. Oh, yeah, he's still there. Then you go zigzag through the streets. You take a right. Oh, yeah, he's still there. And then you go a left and a left and a left. Man, I've got to get this guy off my tail. Oh, he's still behind me. Does that then give you the sense that you're being followed? It does, it does for me. Um, and, 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 and just think about it. I think oftentimes when we're following Jesus, we end up living our lives in such a way that we're following him for a little bit, just really practically. We're following him in the morning when we have our quiet time with him. And then the rest of the day, we don't even give a thought to who Jesus is. We don't even give a thought to what God wants throughout the rest of our day. And so then the next morning, you're just playing catch-up to follow Jesus again. It, it's kind of like if I were here and, so, Emmett, come here. You want to help me do something? You don't? Nazare, you want to come help me do something? Oh, boy. Okay, big person, Logan. All right. <clears throat> come help me. No, <laughs> that doesn't work for you. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you're just following me around, right? Okay? So it's pretty easy to stay close to me. But then you stop following me, and I just go somewhere over here. And then I tell you to start following me again. So start following me. Come on, follow me. Like, get, get, get right here. Let's, let's go, you know? And it's, it's, it's all of a sudden, like when you stop following Jesus, the next time you attempt to follow Jesus, it's more like you're just trying to catch up. But if we're consistently behind him, every step, then it's actually easier to stay with him. Maybe when he stops, or maybe when he goes, when he speeds up. Okay, you can go back to your parents now. Thank you. <laughs> um, don't we do that? Don't we do that? And we're like, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. And this is just where I feel have so much need for revival because I just want to be in tune. Whatever I'm doing, whether I'm flying a drone or whether I'm spending time with my family, whatever it may be throughout the day, I need to continue to follow Jesus. Because it's just so much easier if you're not playing catch up all the time. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So we have this internal desire, and I know we have lots of internal desire, but, but uh, in Psalm, we kind of, Psalm 115 kind of points this out midway through the chapter here. It's this internal desire for help. I need help. I mean, how many times do our prayer requests kind of indicate that, oh, God, I'd like a little help here. Or um, maybe you call your, your mom or a child runs to their dad 
Like, how many times is this? Because, like, hey, I need some help. Like, we all, kind of, we don't know what decisions to make about our future. You know, we're not sure what job to take next. We're not sure if we should move. We should go into missions. What we should do. God, I need a little uh, help here. Like, we, you know, you're not going to go throughout this year of if anybody makes it through this year of 2024 without needing any uh, help or assistance. Um, I don't know what planet you live on. So, like, there's just some internal desire in us that, that, we're, that we're made to need help. We're not self-sufficient. We have no way of knowing our own plans or our own idea. We need help. And then the second thing is we need shielded. We need a shield. We need to, like none of us just want to stand out in the open and just let the darts of the enemy take over us, right? There's nobody that would like to just say, oh yes, I live in a fallen world, just come and get me. No, there's this desire to be shielded from what is evil. And I really think that when you boil it down to like our deepest needs that we have is for those two things. To be helped and to be, to have a shield. So what does Psalm 115 say about this? O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I'm reading out of verse 9. So this is a call to the chosen, to Israel. He's saying, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I don't think this is just for Israel, um, the Israel that we have here. This is for the nation Israel. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. So this is a call to the high priest. This is a call to the priest saying, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And then next, he says, You who fear the Lord, that's a call to us. If we fear the Lord, then we can claim this call. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. So I guess if you want to put something into your five or your ten year plan, that you could probably get the most closest to because all of the physical goals I have have completely gotten redirected. But if there's something that I could tell you, that you want to put it into a mission statement, if you want to put it into your goal for this year, if you want to do it as a word for this year, so we have it if we trust. If we trust what God is doing. And I know that that could probably sound very overstated 
or simple. But I know when I look around the world and we see all the anxiety, we see all of the worry, then we know that, well, yeah, we understand this, but we don't get it. We don't get this whole trust thing. So let us trust. Because it's in that, that when we live our lives daily trusting in what God is doing through us each and every day, I can't see tomorrow, I can't see next week, I can't see next month, I can't see five years from now, but I trust and walk in obedience to what God is doing today. He's going to help me, and He's going to shield me. So I guess, in closing, I don't know if you want to jot this down, if you want to just burn it into your memory. To your name, give glory. To your name, give glory. Remember I kind of started out with not to us being kind of big and underneath there was to your name give glory. Let's reverse that. Let's focus collectively as a church this year in 2024. Let's make it our goal. And every decision that we make kind of just fits under this umbrella. To your name give glory. Oh, if it doesn't give glory to your name, then we can't do it. Oh, if this is something that can give glory to the Lord's name, then we're going to do it as a church. You know, I think as I've talked to previous pastors and I've talked to people outside of, of this church, one of the, the main gripes that people have in the church is it's fascinating, it's interesting, it will blow your mind there always just seems to be a little bit of a lack of vision or a little bit of like people wanting to know what's our vision as a church? Who are we as a church? That's universal. Like those questions are universal across any church place or platform. So can I give it to us? Is it too simple or can I give it to us that any decision that we make as a church, that our resolution, our, our goal, whatever you want to call it, for the year 2024, is that any decision that we make as a church, is that if it gives Him glory, we do it, and if it doesn't, we don't. Is that too simplistic? Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us. And we're also protected as a church, by this umbrella of trust in the Lord because He is our help and our shield. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your goodness. We thank You for who You are. I just pray, God, that You would take this, that You would work it over in our hearts, in our lives.
God, I, I, God, I have such a need for this in my own life. To trust in you. To let it all be unto you. To be unto your glory. God, I just pray that that would be our vision as a church for this year. God, it's, it's difficult to look ahead too far and it's, it's difficult to look behind us to see all the things that we've come through. But help us to have a healthy balance of both of those to where we're able to trust that you will help us, that you will shield us, and that we can just simply make decisions as a church based on if it gives you glory, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we won't. Help each one of us to take that into our families, to take that into what we can base our decisions on. Now, there's so many opportunities to take trips, to travel, to be busy doing this or that, business opportunities, things that we can do. Can we ask ourselves, is this something that will bring glory to you? If it does, we'll do it. If not, we won't. Not to us, but to you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.